0: Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're in week four of a series that we titled Visioneering. And if there's one area that the devil will constantly try to attack you in, it's going to be your vision. Because he knows that if he can get you distracted, if he knows that the way ahead could be muddy, if he knows that he can get you off track with vision for your marriage, for your life, your ministry, your family, whatever God's calling you to do, he knows if he can muddy that water, that he can distract you enough to take you out from the purposes of God. And vision is so important. Proverbs says that without vision, people perish, but with vision, we flourish. And so I'm praying that this year is going to be a redeeming year for all of us. And it's going to be a a year where you have greater vision, where you have clarity, where things that were kind of, you had some ideas and some thoughts about things, but then God's going to crystallize some things for us. And so we're going to lean in uh, and we're going to pick up this morning where we left off last week, and that's with the story of Jesus healing this blind man uh, out of Mark uh, chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles... Uh, There's two key areas that we're going to hang out in today, primary scriptures for today, and that's going to be out of the book of Mark. And then also, we're going to be in Habakkuk. And so, uh, in Mark chapter eight, uh, I'm going to be hanging out there. If you want to join me, we'll be in Mark chapter eight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you do not have your Bibles or your Bible on your phone, we have big Bibles to the left and to the right of me um, that we will be having for you. So, um, this story is is it's an amazing account of something Jesus did, and it's beautiful in the fact that he prayed for a guy twice. And some of you get to ch- get a little bit frustrated when you pray for something and it doesn't come to pass. And and I believe Jesus is telling you pray again. And today he's telling you to dream again. And you know the stories in the Bible they have spiritual truths for us for everyday situations we face. So when we read the Logos, that's the written word of God, we're really hoping for a rhema, which is the spoken word of God. So for you that charged into the year with your awesome Bible reading plan, or for those of you that are just kind of getting immersed maybe in one chapter or, or one book of the Bible to start off the year, the goal is that you're not just checking off a mark saying, I read my Bible for the day. The goal is that you're really having an encounter with God. And that's part of our vision here as an authentic church is that people would have encounters with God, that they would find community, and they really would discover who they are and go change the world. And I believe that when you know who you are, then you'll do the things that God's called you to do. Sometimes where we trip up and we fall short in different areas of our lives is because we forget who we are in Christ. And God wants to remind you today who you are in Christ, that you're royalty. And so I want to encourage you as royalty, as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God to dream big dreams today. I want to encourage you to get your eyes off your current situation and see where he wants to take you in life. There's, life is filled with mountaintops and valleys. There's going to be good days and then there's going to be not so good days. Some days you're going to be totally encouraged and it seems like everybody loves you and other days you're going to feel like nobody likes me, I'm going to go eat some worms, right? And you're going to have moments like that in life. But no matter where you might find yourself on that path today, whether you're a mountaintop or you're in a valley growing moment today, I just want to encourage you to keep your vision. And if you don't have vision, we're going to go through some stuff today that I believe will help you to get your vision. So in Mark chapter 8, Jesus has this moment. He comes to Bethsaida and some people bring him a blind man and they're begging Jesus to touch him. So they're, so if, if you can picture in your minds really quick, I want you to, I want you to set the scene. So he's coming into this, this town or village. It's not a very big town. And he's walking in, and as he's coming, people hear about Jesus is coming. And so they're hearing about it, and they go get their buddy who's blind. And so they're leading him out. They're like, hey, Jesus is here, and the blind man's excited, and they're, they're bringing him over. And they're hoping that, man, Jesus, if you could just touch my friend, I believe he can see again because you're the miracle worker. And so they bring him to Jesus and Jesus takes the blind the blind man by the hand and he goes outside of the village. Sometimes when God wants to do something new in your life, you got to get away from what's familiar. <laughs> As a blind man in a village with all of his buddies, I'm sure he was there and there was a lot that was familiar. There was familiar sounds, familiar smells, familiar walls that he could touch. And now Jesus takes them outside of what's totally familiar to help him to see some things. There's power in getting out of the monotony, getting out of the mundane to be able to see some things. For me personally, I like going to the beach. We live in Southern California. I grew up in cold and rainy Seattle, okay? And so when I'm here and man, I'm outside, I, I, I'm, I'm a nature guy. I feel the presence of God when I go to the mountains, when I go to the beach. Um, I feel the presence of God when I'm sitting in my living room, in my chair. I love that. But man, there's something about getting outside and going to the beach. And especially when you go something new. There's, some, there's something fun about kind of exploring and going somewhere you've never been. Even if it's as simple as, you know what, I'm going to go do my Bible reading at a coffee shop that I've never had coffee at again. You know? I mean, just something that's a little bit fresh and unique to get out of the mundane. So, so Jesus takes him. And then he does what I'm not going to do today, and he spits on the man's eyes, okay? And I could just, I mean, just picture this. They're laying, they, he's like, okay, come with me. And so they're like, he's gonna do it, he's gonna, the miracle worker's here, and he's like <sighs> And I could just picture the crowd going, no! Jesus, no. The disciples are like, dude, we're about to have revival, what are you doing? And he does something totally unique and uncomfortable. And many times when God's gonna do a miracle in your life, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. He might do some stuff that make you feel really uncomfortable. He might tell you to do some stuff that feels really uncomfortable. I remember years ago when I was first saved and, and, and I'm, I'm reading my Bible and, and I, I, I feel like the Lord tells me go to the hospital in, in this that wasn't far from where I lived and, uh, and I want you to pray for people. That feels uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but if God told you that today, hey, after church, I want you to go to the hospital and pray for people. For some, that's pretty uncomfortable. At that moment in my life, it was pretty uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know, kind of breaking out in sweats, thinking about it, you know? And so I'm like, okay, so I take a shower, I get dressed, try to look nice. And I walk into this hospital to go and pray for people. And, and I go in and, and I ask people for prayer. And, and not everybody was stoked to see me. The, the nurses and doctors thought I was a little weird. And, and I can be a little weird. You know? <laughs> but I go in and I, and I ask the families that are there that are going through trauma, that are going through difficult times. And I remember going to this one family and they didn't know what to do. Their daughter was in a car accident. Their son was in a car accident. The daughter's there. The son's in a different hospital. And they were an older uh, sibling pair. They were in their late 40s. And uh, and they said, you know, they were in a car accident. They're both in comas. Like, it's lucky that they're even alive right now. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'm a minister. Um, and I, I was all of, I think, 22, 23 years old at this time. But I just said, I'm a minister. I wasn't licensed or credentialed. But we're all called to be ministers of the gospel, right? And so all of you are commissioned to go, right? Jesus commissioned you when you became a believer. He said, "Welcome." Now you're going to go. And so, so we're there. And so I said, "I'm a minister of the gospel." I said, uh, "I'd be honored to pray with you uh, for this situation." And I'm saying this, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, "What are you doing?" You know, I don't know. God's like, "I know. That's why I'm here, and I'm going to tell you what to do with my Holy Spirit." <laughs> and so I remember going in there, and I'm like, "Okay." And I'm thinking, all right, what do I do in this situation? These two are in a coma. The family's there. It is dire. People are crying. This is not good. So I said, let's hold hands. That seems like a Christian thing to do. I'm like, let's hold hands. And so, hey, why don't we get in a circle and hold hands? So we're all holding hands. And, and I, I'm like, um, and as I started to pray, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, there's an unbeliever here. And I go, uh, does anybody, before we pray, is there anybody that needs to get right with God? And this guy goes, I do, this old guy. He goes, I do. He was like one of the uncles or something. And I'm like, Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And he goes, I, I mean, I did, but not really. I, I need to get right. And I'm like, Man, let's pray that you would get right. And the whole family's like, <laughs> You know? Like, he's getting saved right now, you know? So we pray and lead him through a prayer of salvation, and after we pray, I'm like, all right, now let's pray for healing. So we're praying for healing, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs in this hospital. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, rise up out of this coma! And as we're praying, I kid you not, all of a sudden, on the, on the you know, whatever the waves are, what do they call that, you know, where they're, they're hooked up to the EKG, it's going, it starts to go bananas, right? And I'm thinking, this woman's gonna be like, Ma, you know, and like, come <laughs> And so we're praying, you know, and a lot of people would say that people in comas, they can still hear you, even though they can't, you know, I don't know how all that stuff works, but they say the last thing to go is actually you're hearing that they're there and they may not be able to respond, but they're hearing. And so we're praying, man, and her things are just spiking and the family's going like, ah, oh, we're all praying, you know, and I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, I don't even care, you know, so like we're just going after it, you know. And she doesn't raise up, and so we keep praying, and then the doctors come in, and they say, hey, we have to have you guys get out of the room because we got to administer some stuff, blah, blah, blah. So we're like, okay. Hugs around the family, say goodbye. The guy that accepted Christ, give him a big hug. He's crying. You know, we're having a good time. And I leave. So the next morning, I wake up, and I call the hospital. And I call the hospital, and I'm like, hey, this is uh, Jeff Peterson, and I was there, and I, I prayed for this person, blah, blah, blah. And they said, oh, she went home uh, to be with the Lord last night. And I'm like, oh. And I, at that, I'm like, Lord, I feel so stupid. I went there and I prayed for her healing and she didn't get healed. You told me to go to the hospital and I went and prayed for her. And he said, I didn't send you there for her. She was already saved. And it just reminded me what we talked about a few months ago in our series Legacy that life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. What are you doing with your life? Lord wants to lead you out in some places. He wants to do some things in and through your life. But you won't be able to do it if you're stuck in the same place that you've been, with the same friends that you've had, talking about the same things that you've talked about. He's got to get you outside of some of that. So even some of you here in this room, that might be a word that you needed just to give you that strength to cut off some of those different friendships or relationships that God doesn't want you to have. It's not God's best for you. You can be friendly to them, but light can't have fellowship with the darkness. When Jesus was called a friend of sinners, actually, that was a negative word from a religious person that was saying, you're friend of sinners. Was he friendly towards sinners? Absolutely. Did he love sinners? Yes. But light can't have fellowship with darkness. So Jesus was going into that environment, being the light, with the goal to take, he wasn't just hanging out, having brewskis with them at the tavern, all right? He was there on a mission to get them to see that he is the way, the truth, and the life, all right? Should you spend time with people that don't believe what you believe? Absolutely. In fact, as a pastor, I think that's one of the greatest things that I I love doing. I love going out and spending time with people that don't believe what I believe. I love talking to them. I love seeing light comes on. I I love kind of being what Paul was where he would go and reason with people. There are some people he reasoned with for two years. He's reasoning, reasoning with them in a certain city saying, man, look at the scriptures, and he's having debates with them. I love those types of elements. But for God to do something new in your life, before you can go back to that place and go and be a witness in that environment, you may need to remove yourself from those relationships in that environment. So Jesus spits on the man's eyes, puts his hands on him, and Jesus asks, do you see anything? And the man looked up and he says, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Now if he was blind, how did he know what people are and what trees look like and everything? That tells us in the text as we read this that the man had probably had sight before then and he lost it at some point. Some of you, you've had sight before. Man, you had vision. You were on fire for the things of God and suddenly somewhere along the line some of that got a little bit dim. God's restoring sight today. And then Jesus goes on to say, he puts his hands on him once more and he prays for the man and then his sight's restored and the man saw everything Clearly. I'm praying and believing that you're going to see things clearly. And as we steward the word that God gave us for our church, which is redeem, that this is going to be a redeeming year for you, for us. It's going to be a redeeming year in this region. I believe it's a redeeming year for Orange County. I believe that there's people that do not know Jesus or once had vision, once walked in his ways, but they've... They've gone blind spiritually. I believe God is going to restore some spiritual sight today. Joel two twenty eight says, "I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. this This Old Testament prophet Joel, he he pens these words, and then and then Peter, this is the first sermon that Peter preaches, he, he rips an Old Testament prophet's words, and he throws it in there as a reminder, like, hey, what you're seeing now with the outpouring and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all these people excited, they're not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Peter says, this is what Joel talked about. What did Joel say in the prophet, uh, in the Old Testament, in Joel 2.28, the, the prophet writes these words. This is the Lord speaking through him, says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions so the language of the holy spirit is prophecy it's dreams and it's vision and god is downloading and giving fresh clarity and sharpening things and he's going to do through through prophecy through dreams and through visions and i just want to encourage you today dream again i titled the message dream again and I wanna encourage you to stir some things up. Some of you, you used to have dreams. Some of you, you, used to do vision boards. You used to write goals. You used to go to the gym. You used to eat healthy. <laughs> you used to read your Bible. You used to get up and pray. You used to go on prayer walks. You used to get away with the Lord. And somewhere along the lines, you kinda of got away from some of that. And the Lord's saying, I want you to come back. I'm gonna redeem some things in your life. And he's calling us to come close to him. Isaiah 54, and I'm not going to go through the whole uh, sermon. Last week we we preached and shared on the prophetic word of the Lord over this house. And the cool thing is, if you're planted in authentic church, that's not just a word for the house of God, but that's a word for your house as well. And so I'd encourage you if you if you didn't, if you weren't here for the message last week, you can go on YouTube or podcast and you can download, listen to it. I think it'll encourage you. But Isaiah 54, verse 3 is one of the things that the Lord is leading us into. And it says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. And I could just hear the voice of the Lord telling you today, I want you to think big. I don't want you to limit what I can do in and through your life. I want you to get a vision that's beyond what you can do. If you can do it, it's probably not a vision from God. If you can do it in your own strength, with your own money, with your own relationships that you currently have, it may not be the perfect will of God because then you get the glory, not him. But if you have to stretch, if you have to lean in some things, if you have to believe God for some things, if you got to hit your knees and say, God, I don't know how this is going to come out unless you come through, those are visions from God. And so God, I believe, is giving vision to his house today. So we're going to jump over to Habakkuk 2. You can't talk about vision without quoting this prophet. This, is, this prophet has some awesome things to say about vision. And in Habakkuk 2, verse, verses 1, it says, I will take my stand at my watchpost and station myself on the tower. What he's saying there is, if I'm going to see some things, I got to position myself where I can see. That's the beauty of getting outside of the village, like Jesus took the blind man, is getting outside your perspective begins to shift and begins to change. One of my favorite prayer places in the city here is it's at the top of the garage at Triangle Square in Costa Mesa. And sometimes I'll go up there and you know you drive around and around and around and then I get up there and and as you look out from the top of that parking complex you can literally see all of Costa Mesa. You can see out to the coast, you can see up into Irvine and in the hills, you can see all the way out towards Orange, it's awesome. And I'll go up there and I'll pray and I'll declare things over this area that I believe that God is saying that he wants to do over Orange County and over the people of God. You know, a lot of people share, when I, when I planted, uh, when we came out to plant Authentic Church, uh, one of the things that they encourage church planters to do is to do research for the region that you're going to plant a church in, and that sounds good. And then they said, "Hey, uh, make sure you write down a bunch of the, the the statistics, the hard statistics. It'll remind you why you're there." And 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 so I wrote those down, like like you know, a good student, you know, from from our leaders. And and I'm writing some of these things down, and how divorce rate is, you know, one of the top in the country, and how you know we have income depravity that's one of the largest. Uh, chasms in the nation between uber-wealthy and then uber-poor and, and all these different, some writing all this stuff and people addicted to opioids and blah, 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 blah. And then this fall, I was going and I was reviewing some of that. And the Lord said, don't partner with those words. Partner with my word, what I've said over this area. So I folded up my really awesome-looking, cool document that has our vision and information, and I shelved it and i just said okay lord what are your words over this area and i begin to pray and begin to prophesy and speak those things so i just want to encourage you so there's some things that god's going to lead you in that he's going to call you to prophesy and there's some lies that you might have partnered with that you've heard or seen maybe it's a poverty mindset maybe it's just the way life goes Maybe it's, you know, of course I'm going to get divorced. You know, of course this relationship's ending. It might happen to my parents, Happen happened to their parents. It's just the way it is. No, no, no. We're not going to partner with those lies. We're going to partner with the promises of God. Amen? So Habakkuk says, I'm going to take my stand at the watch post. I'm going to station myself on the tower. And then he says this, which is unique. He says, And I'm going to look out to see what he will say to me. Let's read that again. I'm going to look out, and I'm going to see what he's going to say to me. I don't know about you, but when I'm listening, I'm not always looking. I'm listening, right? When I'm listening for something and somebody's going to speak to me, I'm not necessarily looking. But Habakkuk was looking. The Lord's leading him in this because the God, God is going to give him a vision of something. God's going to say some things to you. And it wouldn't be my words or anybody else's. It's gonna be pictures. It's gonna be visions. It's gonna be dreams. It's gonna be scenes. You're gonna see some things that you never saw. I have a, a gentleman that, that I follow. His name's Matt McPherson, and he's a, he's a strong Christian, and he's got a unique story. Um, he's, he's the manufacturer for any of you hunters in the room. He, he, he invented the McPherson bow. McPherson bows are one of the best bows on the market. And then another thing that he invented was the McPherson guitar. And where my guitar, if you take a look at it, my guitar has a, a sound hole that's right here in this area. I'll turn it so everybody can kind of see it. So That's a sound hole, and that's from where the sound comes out from this sand hole, sound hole here. Well, Matt, he had this vision one night, and he put the sound hole way up here on the side of the guitar, and it was the weirdest thing. It had never been done before, but he woke up in the middle of the night in a dream, and he saw over him the schematic drawings of a guitar, but it had the sound hole way up here. And he thought, that's weird. And like his bow, it became something that revolutionized the industry. And the McPherson guitars now, they run about, you know, anywhere from a cheap one's $3,500 to $10,000 for a guitar. And if anybody wants to bless your pastor, you're more than welcome to. But the, uh, the, the saying amongst musicians is, if, if you're good enough to play a McPherson guitar, you don't have to buy it, Like, meaning they'll get it into your hands, because it's such an incredible guitar. But he's a believer, and he prays for God to speak to him. He prays, God, speak to me through prophecy, through dreams, through visions. And then one day he has this image of a guitar that's unique, that's never been seen, never been done before. And he's like, I wonder if that could work. Now that design has been copied and you can get knockoff models and stuff like that that has happened through the years. But when it when it first came out, it was mind blowing. And Matt's like, Yeah, I don't, it's not like I could do anything. I just woke up in the middle of the night and it was there. And I believe God's gonna do that for some people in this in this room. So he says that, and then the Lord answers Habakkuk and he says, Write the vision. I want you to make it plain so that anybody who reads it would be able to run with it. It's hard to run with something when you don't know where you're going. It's important to write it down. And then he goes on to say, the vision waits its appointed time. There's an appointed time for the vision that God has for you. There's an appointed time. If you do something too soon, it would not be time, and then you get a fragmented version of what it could have been. There's an appointed time. There's a reason why you're sitting in this room today. I believe it's an appointed time. There's a reason you live in California right now in the middle of all the craziness because I believe it's our appointed time to take a stand to bring the righteousness of God to this region by being vessels of his Holy Spirit. There's a purpose and a reason why we are all here. It's your appointed time. So he says, the vision waits it's appointed time. But it hastens to the end, and it's not going to lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. Ladies, if that dreamboat guy seems slow coming, wait for it. We pray that that mighty man of God is going to come up and show up in your life. It's the pain of being single. It's better than the pain of being married to the wrong person. So if he seems slow, wait, wait for him. He's surely going to come, all right? God's going to bring him to your life. It says, the righteous shall live by faith. And some people, they have a hard time living by faith because they've lost hope, because it's been delayed. Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope, it's hard to have faith. Where do you get your hope? You get your hope from the Lord, right? You get your hope from God. That's, that's the only area that you really get hope. That's what's gonna get you out of bed in the morning. That's what's gonna help you sustain going through the, the awesome mountaintop experience down to the valley low where you didn't realize that you needed to grow. That's where you, that's, my buddy and I, we call it, I'm getting book material. Anytime you go through something hard, that's usually book material, right? That's gonna hopefully bless somebody else because right now it hurts, <laughs> okay? Those valley experiences, ministries get birthed in the valley. Vision gets birthed in the valley. Mountaintop, you get to enjoy it, and those are awesome moments. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope, I'm just telling you, you don't have faith, because that hope is the substance of what we have faith for. So I'm gonna, I, I, wanna, I wanna help us with being able to see today. I wanna, I wanna help us with being able to dream again today. And so if you're, ha- if you're taking notes today, I'm, I'm, I'm basically gonna unpack five different types of people that are probably in this room Five different types of people that are in this world. And the first kind of person that's in this room, possibly and, and in this world, is those that have no dream. You you don't have a dream, you're in survival mode, you might be just getting by. You might barely be able to get out of bed in the morning. You're, you might be battling depression. This message is mission critical for you, for your 2022. This is a mission critical message because you have no dream. And where you have no dream, you end up having no will to live. When you have no will to live, you fall into a state of depression and do some things that you will soon regret. And I want to encourage you today, get back the dream. Somebody says, well, how do I get a dream? I don't really have a dream, but I want a dream. I just don't know where to go. Simple, Jeremiah 33, 3, right? Call to me, and I will promise, answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. When you find yourself without a dream, call to the Lord, set aside a fast. Anytime, you know, a spiritual discipline of fasting isn't something that we just do at the beginning of the year and join with all the Christians in the world. We're gonna start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. No, that's a great start, it is. But it's a spiritual discipline that we should do through our whole lives. I've personally, I'm not saying this to brag, but, uh, I've personally been fasting every Monday for like the last 10, 11 years. And God really got a hold of me one year when I was fasting and with the church. And I'm like, what am I even fasting for? And I know you've never felt that. And you've never felt that in these 21 days. <laughs> I may have, but you didn't, I'm sure. But, you know, you think, what am I fasting for? And, and I remember praying and asking God, like, "Like, I, I'm really not feeling like in the flow to fast. But I I finished the fast with the church and then as I began to study fasting, the Lord began to show me different things about it being a, a discipline in the Christian life. There's something beautiful when you just so go, you know what, I'm gonna recalibrate. I'm gonna lean into the Lord. Because one of the things about my uh, personality type is I'm a pretty driven guy. And and that could be a blessing and it could not be not so good, right? You know, driven people, they can accomplish great things. Driven people can also be, uh, uncomfortable and have a propensity maybe to, to hurt people without knowing. Okay, I know you've driven people in the room. You don't mean to hurt people, you just don't think about it because you're so driven going after what God's called you to do. Okay, you need a little bit more nurturing, you need a little bit more love. So, God gave me Fawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm a pretty driven guy and I I can put the blinders on and I can discipline and I can wake up at five in the morning and I can read this and do that and ba, 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 and I can get into that structure So 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 much so that I begin to lean on my own understanding and I forget to acknowledge him. And so I, as a spiritual discipline, through my time of studying the word of God, decided, you know what? Every Monday I'm gonna actually fast that day and I'm gonna pray for specific things in my life that I'm believing God for. And sometimes the fast is awesome, and it's like this holy moment where I went into the holy of holies like Moses did, right? And other times it's kinda like, I don't know if I got anything out of that. You know, some people, they read the Bible and they go, I read the word of God, but it didn't really make sense to me. You know, you might've had breakfast a couple of weeks ago and you don't remember what you ate, but it nourished you, right? There's more that's happening in that prayer time and that Bible reading time than you may realize than you'll see come to fruition right then and there. I pray that you have that encounter with God, but still keep that awesome discipline. So today is the last day of our 21 days of fasting. Praise God. For those of you that made it, high-five yourself. Your taste buds will be high-fiving each other tomorrow, okay? But I want to encourage you. Have fasting as a spiritual discipline in your life, where you're going, you know what? I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna be praying for, and don't just fast like don't eat food, right? That's just dieting. Okay, I'm talking like fast. You're you're spending time seeking God. You're you're saying this day I'm really going to press into the things of God. I'm going to go for an extended prayer walk. I'm going to turn off my cell phone so that nobody can get a hold of me, right? I'm going to you know I'm going to really hone into the things of God. I I I need some answers from God. I'm going to ask Him pray for direction in my business or something with my family or my children. Or I'm going to fast and pray for my future spouse. I remember fasting and praying. Uh, when I was newly uh, saved, and I, I just swore off dating. I said, I'm not gonna date another woman until I meet my wife. Two years, no dating. And then I met the most incredible woman in the whole world, and God answered just my prayer, right? But I would fast and pray for her. I'd pray that God would strengthen her, that she'd be stirred, that she'd be on fire for the things of God, that she would be a leader of women. And I, you know, I had all these things. I, I actually even made a list all the way down to five foot four and blonde hair and blue eyes, okay? And I know to some of you, you're like, how dare you? And I'm like, I, that's what I liked. So that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> so that's what I got. And, you know, in some years the hair has been red and, you know, auburn and then blonde. You know, it's like, you know, you change and it's like, you know, whatever. And, and sometimes when she's pregnant, it's like, you know, their, their body shapes change and you, you love your wife through every season, right? And she loves you through every season. And so Jeremiah 33:3 three called to me and God's gonna answer you. So that first type of person, somebody that doesn't have a dream, get a dream. Spend time with the presence of God, get a dream. Be passionate about it. Make it a, if you're sitting here and you don't have a dream, I wanna encourage you maybe just to get out of bed tomorrow morning, just set a goal today of whatever it is and get up and do that one thing. That one thing could be, I'm gonna set my alarm five minutes sooner and I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna kneel by my bed when I first get up in the morning, even if it's just five minutes my daughter, Juliana, set that as one of her goals. So every morning she gets up and she kneels beside her bed and she has prayer time with God before she comes downstairs. Whatever it might be that's just gonna help you just move one step closer to something. The second kind of person that's probably in this room today is maybe somebody that's got a dream, but you got the wrong dream. You got the wrong dream. You have a dream, it's just not the right one. And, and it's maybe not necessarily a bad dream, it's just not the God dream, right? Right? It's like some people have a dream of making money is God against you making money no he's actually not actually if he can trust you that you're going to be open-handed with the blessings he puts in your hands then he's probably going to give you lots that's what I found some of the the biggest givers have the biggest gift for making money and they do a lot of awesome really cool stuff with it money isn't evil it's the love of money that's the root of all evil right, but if God knows, man, if I give you this, that you'll, do, you'll be open-handed with it, you'll be generous with it. If I, if I give you this car, you're actually gonna use it to bring people to church, wow, I'm gonna give you that. If I could give you financially a little bit more every month that you can help your neighbor that's going through a hard time with groceries, then, then I know that I can, I, can, I, can, I can trust you, right? So maybe you have a dream, but it's, it's just the wrong dream. You know, there's, there's, there's careers, and it's great to have career goals, and, and I'm encouraging you Have a goal for your finances, have goals for your career, but don't mistake your career with your calling. It's not always the case. It's good to have a career, man, but it's amazing when you have a calling. And when that calling and that career line up, it's amazing. One of the things that I was really passionate about in working in the marketplace, and for whatever reason, I was was a pastor, but I was kind of like a, a priestly king, if you're familiar with that terminology. Where I was called to the marketplace, but I was also, man, I was passionate for the things of God and sharing my faith and praying for people. And and that was the heartbeat. And so God would lead me into situations and circumstances in business with people that could care less about him. And I'm like, what am I doing here? And the Lord's like, this is why I've sent you here, son. And I remember I was working at one job, and I'm working there, and I'm trying to make money, and and I'm growing in my career. And there was this old guy that worked with me, and he was cantankerous. And, man, he was just uh, like... Hey, man, what's going up? And he's like, you know, his name was Jim. He's like, oh, just another day. You know, and I'm just like, God, man, I do not want to have this guy's life, you know. And here he is in his 60s, and he hates his job. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to be at this company much longer, you know, <laughs> if that's what 20 years down the road looks like. I don't want to do this, you know. And Jim was cantankerous, man. And I would encourage him, and I would say, I would go up to Jim, and we talk and stuff, and I'd say, hey, man, I said, uh, I was praying for you this morning. How are you doing? That's how you evangelize in the marketplace, by the way. You just tell people, hey, I was praying for you this morning. How are you doing? Or you say, hey, is there anything I can be praying for you? I'm going to this prayer meeting tonight with my church. Is there anything that I could pray for you about? Or you're always listening. And when somebody's complaining about something, you just say, hey, man, I'll be praying for that. I'm sorry that you're going through that, you know? And, and so this guy, Jim, was, he was a complainer, uh, he was negative all the time. He just seemed like he hated life. And every chance that he could take a smoke break, he was out there puffing away. Which, by the way, if you're smoking in Seattle, you got to be passionate about that cigarette because it's 40 degrees and raining outside. And so he'd be outside, you know, puffing away, you know, at the door. And I'd go by and say, Jim, you know, and and every once in a while I'd give him a kind of a pat on the back. Hey, man, have a blessed day. See you later, bud. And he just looked at me like this weird, happy-go-lucky, positive. Everybody knew that I was a, a youth pastor at the, the church that I was working at and, and serving at. And, uh, and, and so time goes on, and, you know, the 9-11 happened, and the company does mass layoffs. And so Jim and I lose our jobs, and we lose track of each other. And years go down the road, and I get this email. And the email that I get is from Jim. And Jim, Jim reaches out to me, and he says, hey, Jeff, I don't know if you remember me, but this is Jim so-and-so, and we worked together. And immediately I'm like, I remember this guy. He said, I wanted to let you know that this past Sunday I was baptized. And I, as I look back on my life, I really felt like those times where you talked to me and encouraged me and prayed for me, that those were seeds that God was sowing into my life. And I just want to let you know, before we get to heaven, that we'll, we'll see each other there. Thank you. Yeah. I believe there's Jim's all over your life. Not Jim's. You know, Jim the guy. You're like, Jim, I hate that guy. I don't want to go there tomorrow at 5 (laughs) a.m. I believe there's people like Jim in your life. You just got to open your eyes. So get a God dream. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on the things above, not on the things on earth. Don't just get a good dream. Get a God dream. All right. The third type of person is a stale dream. You have a dream, and it's a good one, and it's a godly one, but man, it's kind of grown stale, and it's just barely flickering. The fire's kind of died out, and it's probably died out because it's been delayed. And that's a hard thing. When you're praying for something, believing for something, fasting for something, and you don't see it happen, what do you do then? You pray again. You get up again. The first thing that I do in my life when I feel like there's a dream that's gone stale is I'll ask God, I'll say, God, am I missing your appointed time like we read about in Habakkuk, right? There's an appointed time. Is there an appointed time or was there an appointed time and I somehow missed it? And then I, then I pray what David prayed uh, in the Psalms, Psalms 51. He's like, hey, Lord, search my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Is there any way that, is there anything in my life that's not right between you and me? In other words, is there any sin in my life? Because as much as God wants to bless you, if you have sin in your life and that blessing is actually going to take you further away from him, how many of you know as a good father he would probably delay that a little bit longer? He might have you lap that mountain one more time (laughs) until you're ready to receive what he has for you. The stale dream. And I'll be honest, I go through cycles of this. I'll go through cycles where it's like, man, I'm, I, I have no dream, and then I get a dream, and then, man, I don't know. That's kind of the wrong dream. I want to, you know, I go back to it. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys that kind of is a tinkerer, so I reevaluate. And sometimes I can overevaluate stuff and read too much and do wordsmithing too much when God's just saying, I just want you to move forward. I just want you to do it again. Just do something that's moving you forward towards your dream. And if you're sitting in here and you feel like that fire's gone out, I want to encourage you to stir yourself up. 2 Timothy 1 6, it says, This is why Paul is reminding Timothy. He says, This is why I reminded you, Timothy. You need to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. God's given you a gift. Paul's saying, I want you to fan that into flames. The New King James Version says, I want you to stir up the gift of God. I want you, you know, s- s- stir it up. Sometimes, Motion creates emotion. When you feel down in the dumps, just get up and start doing something. When I feel like, man, I don't feel like getting up and and going into work today or whatever, then that's the day you get dressed in your nicest clothes, all right? That's the day when you do your hair as best as you've ever done it, ladies. That's the day when you go to Starbucks and you open the door for somebody and you say, After you. That's the day when, when you're in line at Starbucks, you say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get this person's drink as well. It's amazing what happens. That's a, a life hack that I learned years ago. I was in business and, and I had a season, man, where it was just hard to get out of bed. Anybody have one of those seasons where it's just like, man, I, I I want to, like there's something inside of me, but, but then I don't. And then, you know, and it's kind of like this horrible cycle, right, where it's like, I don't feel like getting out of bed, so I didn't. But now I feel horrible because I didn't get out of bed. And then I didn't get out of bed because I felt horrible. You know, it's it's this vicious cycle. And so what I did is I started setting meetings with people at 8 in the morning at a Starbucks. So I'd purposely get out of bed, get dressed, and go to this meeting with somebody and I'd have coffee. And you know the people that I reached out to, they were guys that worked for me that I needed to encourage. So throughout my day, it was literally every every single every day of the work week, I had an 8 a.m. coffee with somebody from the company that I was pouring into. Now they had no idea that I was hating life. They had no idea that I was battling depression. They had no idea that I was just like, I do not like what I'm doing. I don't like life right now. They had no idea any of that, and I'd come in and I'd sit down with them, and I'd pour into them. There's something amazing that happens when you pour into other people. You start getting poured into. And thank God, I I did have people in my life who were pouring into me as well. It wasn't just one way, right? And we all need people to pour into us. That's one of the reasons why me, your pastor, I go away once a month and I go spend time with my pastor and I spend a whole day with him. And then he just, man, they just love on me. They pour into me. I'll do meetings with different guys on his team and I'll glean wisdom and I'll just allow my pastor to speak to my uh, life situation, speak into our church. I need to do that. I'm telling you. You need to do that. You need to have times where you just go and get away and you spend time with God. And he reminds you who you are. Little plug, next week, Nicole Edgemond is going to be sharing the word. And uh, she it's gonna be a powerful time. I wanna encourage you, invite everybody that you can. I really believe, people that don't go to church, Uh, And it's not just for the women, all right? You men invite people as well because she's gonna impart something really powerful into our church, I believe, next week, and it's gonna have to do with your identity and your outlook on life. And if there's people that you know that have been battling stuff, self-worth, that have gone through maybe trials, situations, life stuff where it's just hurt so bad that they can't, feel like they'd be accepted or loved by anybody, tell them to come next week. It's gonna be a really powerful time. And by the way, Nicole is speaking and sharing, um, and one of the reasons we're having her is because we believe that there's a call and gift of God on her life, and we believe in women in ministry, okay? So she's gonna come and share the word of God, and I'm gonna be sitting in the front row taking notes because I believe God's gonna impart something to me, through her so I want to encourage you to come if you don't if you don't if, if, if you don't have plans to come and now you do you got your official invite but it's time to dream again so the third area you have a stale dream God's telling you to stir it up and the fourth type of person is somebody that's got a vague dream where you you, you got it you got a dream but you don't really have the bullseye it's kind of like you're praying for something but you're not specific and Habakkuk 2 2 says write the vision make it plain One of the reasons you may not see that vision come to pass or why you've been struggling, you feel like, man, I've been believing for this. You haven't been specific. What exactly are you going after? I read to my kids this past week. Uh, I I went through one of my journals, and I had this declaration list when, when God called us to plant Authentic Church. It was three years ago today. It was January 23rd in 2019, and I'm in the middle of praying and fasting, and that night at 10.30 at night, God spoke to me and he gave me a vision for what is happening right now. And I remember writing that out. And immediately afterwards, I, I, when I felt like, man, this is God, I wrote down a thing, things of, that I was going to pray and declare. So I'm like, all right, if this is God, then I'm going to start partnering now with him for what he wants to do then. So I began to partner. And then I put on this list, I wrote some things that were on the list that were kind of like, Bucket list stuff. Anybody have a bucket list, right, where you're writing down like, man, I'm believing for X, Y, Z. Some of you did the bucket list like you saw the movie or something at some point in your life. You're like, that sounds good. And and then you kind of shelved it because some of the bucket list stuff just seemed kind of too far out there. I want to encourage you, blow the dust off your bucket list. All right, blow the dust off of it and start to write some stuff again, dream again, believe again. One of the things that I wrote down on this list of things that I was believing and declaring for was that Fawn and I, before 2020, that we'd be able to go to Israel. That seems like a cool bucket list trip. I just wrote that down and I started declaring. And I said, I want to go to Israel, all expenses paid. How is that going to happen? I don't know. But I wrote it down. And then I prayed that, that when we moved to California that God would bless us with a house that had an open floor plan so that we could host a lot, which if any of you have been over to our house, it's got a cool open floor plan. And I was specific. I said I wanted to have at least a four-bedroom house and I wanted there to be like a second master on the main floor so that when our parents come and stay with us for extended periods of time because they're retired, that they would have a comfortable space to do it. I don't know. Don't know what the prices are in California. I'm just writing stuff down. Right. And then fast forward, well, on the 40th day of my fast, we get invited to this dessert night for Israel. So I'm like, I'll go. I mean, I'm not eating dessert, but I want to go learn more about Israel. That's cool. So I go to this dessert night for Israel, and I'm sitting there at the, uh, in the kitchen at the island, talking, it's at somebody's house, and there's like 30, 40 people in the room, and I'm talking to this guy, and his name's Jeff, my name's Jeff, and so we're laughing about that, and he's cool, and we're just kind of kicking it and hanging out, and he's like on me, he's like, man, why haven't you gone to Israel? This whole night's about Israel, and everybody's gone to Israel in the room except Fawn and I. It's like, why haven't you gone to Israel? And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I don't know, man, we're just, you know, hopefully sometime soon, and then he asked me the most uncomfortable question, which you just don't ask people. He says, is it a money thing? I'm like, Bro, like, you just don't ask that in front of people, you know? And and it's kind of like, it is a money thing, but I don't want to tell him it's a money thing, right? And I'm like, you know, because I don't like people asking me that kind of business, be up on my business about it. He's like, is it a money thing? And I'm like, well, I mean, not, not really. Why haven't you gone? I'm like, look, man, if I'm going to spend that much money to go to Israel, I'm going to leave my kids for like 14 to 16 days i got to get a babysitter for them plus the like if i'm going to spend that kind of money i'm going to at this stage of my life with my kids at the age they are i'm going to use that money to invest into a family vacation he's like so it's a money issue i'm like yeah jeff so we have a good time we talk we laugh we leave that night well Comes out, turns out the guy owns the Arizona Diamondbacks Major League Baseball team. And, and he, him and his wife, they love to finance people to go to Israel. It's one of their favorite things to do. And uh, especially those that are called to ministry, because he's like, you're, it's going to change your life. So at the end of May, we get a, a phone call, and this dude's blowing up my phone, and I answer it. And uh, he says, Hey, um, there's an all expense paid trip to Israel. If you and your wife want it, we have two tickets out of Dallas. We were living in Dallas at the time. Uh, It's yours, Uh, but we gotta know, like now, because if you guys don't want to go, we're gonna give it to somebody else. I'm like, no, 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 we're gonna take it. Okay, (laughs) we're gonna take it. Fon's like, who's gonna watch the kids? I'm like, I don't care. We'll leave food out for them. Okay, (laughs) they'll be fine. So long story short, we go to Israel and it's all expenses paid. We go for two weeks. We see all the sites, go all the places. And it was amazing. And when we were there, we were in a prayer meeting. This goes back to Prophecy, Visions, and Dreams out of Joel 2.28. We're there at a prayer meeting one of the last nights that we're there. And this gal that's very prophetic prays over us. And she says, I see your church. I see you planting a church and it's thriving. And, and even though that there's, uh, I, I, there, there's like a... Like locusts and, and like a pandemic, like despite a pandemic. This is in 2019, June of 2019. There, even despite a pandemic, that it's not going to stop what God's doing in your church. This is June of 2019. Well, we had no idea that June 2020, <laughs> when we're living here, that there would be a pandemic that would happen, right? You know, no, we had no idea, and so there we were. And it's just amazing how God begins to orchestrate things. Now, would that have happened had I not written it down? I don't know, maybe, but I tell you what, there's been more things when I've written it down that have come to pass than not. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, Fawn and I, we just have a gift for free trips. And since, like, I mean, I, as long as I can remember being saved, like, I've prayed. I've just prayed and asked God for it because I love getting away. I, I don't know about you, but I love a good trip. So I pray and ask God for free trips. I mean, we've gone to Africa, London, Hawaii multiple times, Fiji. I mean, it's just, and you're like, that is so fleshly. Uh, is it? I don't know. My heavenly father really likes blessing his kids. And maybe we just need to change our perspective. And it's not like blab it and grab it, lay hands on a Cadillac. I'm talking like there's purpose attached to the things of God. So I want to encourage you today, write some things down. Write down some things. And I'm going to have the band come up and join me now at the front. And and I want to encourage you, even as we go to this final point, write some things down. God is stirring some things up inside of you. Your homework assignment, if you choose your mission, if you choose to accept it, Your mission, if you choose to accept it, your homework assignment is, man, write some things down. Write some things down. Make a list. List And and put on there some some crazy things, like going to Israel. I mean, whatever it is for you, just write some things down. What if it doesn't happen? What if it does happen, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So take some shots. Write some things down. Now, it's totally cool. Make a bucket list. Write down stuff that you want, trips and all that. kind of, But I want to encourage you, and on my list, there's more God things than just fun life things. There's more God things, like having a church that would reach over 1,000 people in this region. Like, like seeing marriages that were on the brink of divorce come back together. That was one of our prayers that we had prayed was that we would help a marriage that was divorced come back together. And we've seen that happen. Husband and wife were totally divorced, paper signed, split up, parenting agreement with kids, two years goes by. Suddenly she looks at him and goes, I forgive you. The Lord can do miracles. I'm believing. Some of the things on my bucket list for authentic church is that we'd be able to plant churches. And it wouldn't be like a video screen at another location. No, 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 it would be a pastor that we've raised up, worship leaders we've raised up, kids' ministers that we've raised up, youth leaders we've raised up, marketplace ministry people we've raised up, and we could plant a church in Long Beach, that we could plant a church in Riverside, that we could plant a church down in San Clemente or Carlsbad or wherever the Lord would lead us. I'm personally praying that we would be able to have 5 church plants by 2030. That's a that's a big dream. It's a dream that's so big that if it were to come to pass, and I believe it will, that I can't do it. <laughs> God's going to task you and you and you and you and you and you. Right? If I can do it, then I can take the credit, and I don't want the credit. I know guys in ministry that love getting the credit. And I can't stand spending time with them. <laughs> I just want God to get all the glory. And that leads me to the fifth type of person. The fifth type of person is somebody that's got a God honoring, culture defying, heaven impacting, seemingly impossible dream. A God honoring, culture defying, heaven impacting, seemingly impossible dream. God honoring, that we would have dreams that honor God, where He gets the glory and the praise and the adoration when people are like, You did what? Oh my God, I can't believe. And it's like, no, 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 it's not me. It's so God. How did you? It's not me. It's all God. That it'd be God honoring. That it'd be culture defying. So God honoring and then culture defying. And that that culture defying, it says, I'm not going to allow myself to limit my vision based on what the naysayers say. I'm not going to allow myself to limit my vision based on my past experiences. No, I'm going to live my life in such a way that God's got to show up and I'm going to believe big, hope big, and if it doesn't come to pass, who cares? I'm going to continue running in the direction of God. I'm not going to answer to the ways of this culture. I'm going to answer to God. Culture-defying. And the next area is heaven-impacting. You may be here and maybe you have no dream, or a stale dream, or a vague dream, or whatever type of dream, but you're going to heaven, which is awesome. But what if you had a dream for your life that was impacting heaven? A heaven impacting dream. You know, heaven rejoices when one person comes to Christ. So we have the ability by sharing the gospel with people to affect the praise and the worship that's going on in heaven. You have an ability to impact heaven by just sharing the love of Jesus with people. That's a pretty cool thought. So yeah, you're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven, that's awesome. But let's impact heaven. Let's fill heaven. Let's see families, friends, coworkers, bosses, neighbors. Let's see people come to Christ. Let's live with eternity in mind. And then lastly, the seemingly impossible dream. That you would write stuff down where it's like, that is impossible, but God. But if God came through, wow. Maybe on your list is, man, I'd really love to buy a house. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great goal. That's a great dream. Write it down. Write down what kind of house you want. How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? What size square footage? What area do you want that house in? One of the things on our declaration list that we wrote down for 2019 was that we would have a house that would be within five to 10 minutes of a church building that God would lead us to, and that church building would have high ceilings and have a church look to it, and that there would be places for our kids to have classes and a place for like a courtyard or a large lobby where we could have coffee stations set up where people could greet and hang out. I had no idea where that would be yeah. and then God ended up finding us a house and that house has always been, no matter where we've met, within five to ten minutes of anywhere that we've, we've been meeting as a church. I'm telling you write the vision make it plain I hope God's stirring some things up inside of you today. I hope, I hope there's a fire that's just being lit inside of you that maybe that fire had gone out and God's saying, dream again I don't care how old you are, I don't care how young you are, dream again Write it down again, pray it again, believe again. And I wanna pray over you and I'm gonna pray this prayer that Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus. It's out of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 through 20. Paul said, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything on heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he's gonna empower you with strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down deep into his love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should just how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is for you. Yeah, that's right. May you experience the love of Christ though it's too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God, I pray, Father, for fresh vision. Come on, if you need fresh vision in your life, just... Maybe stand there before the Lord this morning. Maybe just lift your hands up to heaven. God, I just ask for fresh vision today. God, forgive us for thinking too small. God, forgive us for having vision that we can accomplish without you, God. God, give us a God-sized vision that we can't accomplish unless you show up. God, I'm praying for a fresh fire of your Holy Spirit. God, I'm praying for a fresh download from heaven. God, that you would speak. Give me visions and dreams. God, give me the words. God, I pray that you would give me thoughts and, and understanding god give me things to write down holy spirit lead me lead me in this god i pray that you would fill me with fresh vision today in jesus name in jesus name i'm gonna have Abella sing this song the song that we were singing earlier fresh fire and it says come and consume me god i want a vision that consumes me I want to be passionate. Maybe you're here in this room and you're like, I need some fresh passion in my life. If that's you, just come forward. We want to pray for you. If you're part of the prayer team this morning, come forward. We want to pray together. We want to pray for you. On both sides, we're going to have a prayer time. Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, I just need to come and have a moment with God. There's communion that's open up here. You can just grab the communion tray and you can just go ahead and have a moment. You do business with God. We're going to pray for you. Isabella leads us in this. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticoC.com.